Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson, and on today's episode, I welcome back my good friend, Carl Richards. Today, we chat about a super fun gin-inspired adventure that Larry and I had this past summer. Welcome, Carl. Oh, and to our very last episode of season one. Can you believe it? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. This is awesome. I can't believe it's 26 episodes already. And have we had any gin along the way? Oh, yes, of course we have. <laughs> I think I need to make you my official co-host here pretty soon. <laughs> I'm going to say, I want royalties from this show now. <laughs> yes. Okay. As with all episodes, and you know the drill now, Carl, we're going to start by sharing what we're drinking, and you get to go first. So what are you drinking today? Well, let me tell you, I picked up this lovely cookbook. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Ginspired, the ultimate gin cookbook by Heather E. Wilson and Kate Dingwall. Wow, sounds amazing. You've heard of this book before? I have. <laughs> Anyhow, at the back of this book is quite a few recipes for cocktails. So I thought I'm going to try one of these. So today I am drinking, I am enjoying a glass of pump up the jam pump up the jam pump okay so for anyone that's in our demographic and i won't show what that is right now um, (laughs) (laughs) pump up the jam consists of raspberry gin jam tablespoon of that whitley neal rhubarb and ginger gin a little bit of lemon juice a splash of sparkling white wine and a lemon wedge and it is so good is especially with that mm. raspberry jam that you made yourself with gin. Imagine. I did. I have made so many things with gin now. Thank you <laughs> for filling my liquor cabinet with pretty much everything gin. I'm loving it. There you go. Awesome. Well, today I'm actually, you know, being very simple or traditional, I guess. I'm drinking oh. a classic gin and tonic. However, it's made with my very own gin that I made myself. What? you? I made you... this gin myself. And holy, mm, is it ever good? <laughs> We're going to talk about it shortly. You made your own gin. I made my own gin. Okay. All right. I'm excited and to hear about real. that. it's real. It's like, it's, okay. it's actually uh, 46%. It's pretty strong. <laughs> That's why I have mixed it with Fever Tree Refreshingly Light Tonic. Uh, because, you know, I have to water it down a bit and a lovely slice of lime. Nice. I'm telling you, it's pretty epic. It sounds good. Now I want to dump mine out. No, you do not. No, you're right. I don't. Not with that homemade uh, raspberry gin jam. Oh my goodness. Yes. Mm. Yes. So tell me about this adventure. Okay. So it's called a Ginstitute. Okay. Okay. So... What is a Ginstitute? Well, surprisingly, you should ask that. (laughs) A Ginstitute is where a person would go to learn how to make gin. So instead of an institute 
or an academy or a school, it's a gin institute because you go there to learn how to make gin. I can't understand why somebody of your stature would want to go to such an institution, a gin institution. <laughs> In other words, right up your alley. Oh, my goodness. Well, Um, past summer, we decided that since we couldn't leave really the Maritimes too much for a vacation, but we absolutely had to do something, we found this gin institute not too far from home in Nova Scotia. Really? Yes. And it's at Steinhardt Distillery, which is located in Nova Scotia. And it was a weekend adventure. So is this like a weekend away at the spa, but it's a weekend away with gin kind of Correct. thing? Like, what do you do okay. for the weekend? Well, what don't you do is more the <laughs> question. Because there was the gin part and then there was, well, it was all gin part, but the making of the gin was a certain part. So here's what happened. So we arrived on a Friday and discovered that we had this massive two-bedroom cottage to ourselves that had a hot tub, all the amenities, patio that overlooked the most amazing view of the ocean. Okay. So it was gorgeous. Like the scenery, everything, Mm. amazing sunsets, like you name it. It was all part of it. They also happened to have a live band. So we sat on our patio drinking our gin watching a live band, eating the food that came with the package. So open bar from Friday till Sunday. Oh my goodness. we could eat from Friday till Sunday. (laughs) And we got to learn how to make gin on uh, Saturday. That is so cool. So let me get this right. So you've got your own cottage. Yep. You've got a hot tub. Yes. And it was lovely. Um, You've got live entertainment. Correct. You have an open bar. Yep. Question about the bar. Only gin or were there other no, no, like if- they had all sorts only Steinhardt, but they make rum and vodka oh. and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. All they right, cool. Have their own version of Bailey's, like in Kalua. Really? They had so much stuff. And it's not like a bar that you go to in a city. If you say you want a double or a triple, they just make it. they just say okay sure here you go they'll just say how much you want and they'll just keep pouring so they don't say oh by the way that'll be 86 dollars for the triple they just you know say here you go no because they know you're probably only having one (laughs) oh no no we're not (laughs) (laughs) not when gin's involved folks we don't have Uh, to drive anywhere we're at our own cottage we're hanging out with really cool people that we've never met before but you know there's like it's just really fun even without learning how to make gin, the weekend was epic. So you got all the food, which is cool. Yep. Larry's there, obviously, because Larry, yes. you know, you guys both love gin. So yep. it's not like, okay, you go do that and let me know how it was. So you're oh, both no. there. We're both So here. tell me about the process then of yep. making the gin. How do you like? Yeah. Well, we didn't know. I mean, we knew how gin was made, obviously, but we never saw it this up close before. So first what they did is after breakfast on Saturday, they gave us a tour of inside their distillery, like where the stills are and how it works and all that kind of stuff. So that was really awesome. And then there was like, I don't know how to say it, a big room with 
tables with different botanicals labeled. Like, so they had little bowls of juniper and cardamom and different uh, botanicals that normally would go in gin, all labeled. And then they had all these cute little mini copper stills. I got my own still. Larry got his own still. It was so awesome. Then they basically had us make our recipe and they did provide a base recipe. So for if you didn't really know what to do, you could follow their base recipe and then kind of riff off of that, which is what Larry and I did because we know gin, (laughs) we know what we like and we know the flavors that we like and the botanicals we like. So we both kind of went in with a plan, knowing what botanicals we wanted to try in our gins. Sure. And in the morning, you made one gin and then we distilled it, which was so cool because wow. you put it in this little bath. All your So let's say, for example, you have your juniper and your cardamom and let's say you were citrus. So like lemon mm-hmm. and lime peels and orange peels and stuff like that. And you put this in a little basket and it goes inside the still. And then you add the raw alcohol the grain alcohol, and then you turn on the little heater under the still and it evaporates and it, like, it's hard. You got to see it. Like it's the coolest thing because it percolates down and then it drips out this little hole in the bottom and that's distilled. And then it has all your flavors distilled into it. And then it, yeah, it's really cool. And so we did that in the morning and we each made our own recipes. I wrote down my recipe not mentioning who didn't. <laughs> oh, could it rhyme with Barry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we got to make another one in the afternoon. So we each ended up with two custom bottles of gin. And we slightly tweaked our recipe in the afternoon. But the thing is, you don't know really what it tastes like. Like you can taste it a little bit when it's coming out, but it's right. like... 80, you know, like you can't really truly get the flavor until it sat for a little while. So I tweaked mine a little bit and Larry obviously tweaked his because he had no idea what he put it in in the first place. I believe he wrote down a little bit more of his second bottle because he kind of learned his lesson on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Larry. Yes. But it's so funny because there was two other couples doing it with us. They were not as into gin as we were. Really? Well, I think the women were, but the men were more beer drinkers. Like they're drinking beer while they're making gin. You see, that's just a rule against that or something. See, that's just, that's like going to a winery and saying, yeah, can I have a Pilsner yeah. while I'm, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, so even if you're not a huge gin fanatic, is that called a genetic? I'm not sure if that, that's a correct <laughs> term or not, but, but if you're not, I mean, okay, but still like enjoy it just what you're doing. Yeah, it seemed yeah. weird. I would not have wanted to try their gins because they didn't even try to make a drinkable gin. Like they put weird stuff together, like peppermint. I was going to ask you that because you said they laid the botanicals out. So I'm wondering, were people just, Some the other people, were they just sort of like Franken creating their yes. gin? Yes, versus Larry and I were extremely thoughtful about ours because we wanted to drink our gins. <laughs> not you know, clean paintbrushes with it. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, so we made some really good gins. And the great thing about Steinhardt is 
we can actually call them up and they will, because I have the exact recipe down to the gram, they will make wow. a case of my own gin if I want. So after it's made, after you've distilled it, mm-hmm. does it have to sit there on site or do you take it home like in the bottle? We bottled it right then and there and they sealed, oh. it, they sealed it and everything right on the spot and we took them home. So it's not like wine or beer that it has to sit in age or in a barrel or in a cask or something. Nothing. No, we could have technically drank it that day, but I mean, they did recommend you wait a tiny bit just to let the flavors blend a tiny bit, but you don't have to, you know, Mm. that's the why so many distilleries make gin is because it's a very quick process and they do that while their whiskey is aging right? Because it's from the same grain alcohol. So mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they age their whiskey and make gin so that they're making money in the meantime. Wow. Very cool. Very cool process. But I understand that no trip or no venture out where gin is involved, do you come back without some type of a gin incident? Yes. There's two actually that I have to share. So Saturday... Not only were we making gin all day, but I'm putting it out there. We were drinking all day. We were at an open bar. They just kept handing it to you. You couldn't kind of, you know, you pace yourself, but still. And so at the end of your ginstituting, I guess, that sounds very rude, but (laughs) 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 at the end of your class, let's put it that way. But the other way sounded so much better. I know. <laughs> Instituting. That's a new one I've made up. Oh. I pretty much added gin oh, to everything, but not on that one. That's when you just go into their store and purchase what you're going to take home. Okay. 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 So, bad idea after you've been creating and drinking and having their cocktails all day long, because you basically go, I'll take one of those and one of those and one of those and one of those. And before you know it, you've spent $500. I kid you not. So your racing card developed racing stripes. Correct. So that day. here's a lesson for boys and girls. <laughs> here's a lesson, boys and girls. <laughs> not go alcohol shopping. After you've been creating gin and or drinking it, you should always buy it sober. In theory. In theory. Because it's kind (laughs) of like when you're online shopping, you know, things can get out of hand very quickly. We bought dill pickle vodka. (laughs) Okay. Which is for are you? It's for Caesars. Oh, it is? Okay, because I was just going to say, what are you going to use that for? It's for Caesars. We also have a habanero vodka, which is for Caesars. I don't drink Caesars because I don't like Clamato. So you need company. So yeah, so we bought some interesting things. Concoctions, (laughs) shall we say? So what was the other incident then? So the other one was heartbreaking, actually. Well, it was a true incident in all shapes and sizes of the word, like everything. So we leave Steinhardt. We have our four bottles. Mm-hmm. They're labeled on the bottom, H1, H2, L1, L2, right? For, so we know whose is whose. Yep. We get to our next destination, okay, which happened to be Annapolis Royal. 
Okay. So we were doing some distilleries and some wineries and stuff down there. We get to our bed and breakfast and Larry takes the suitcase out of the car and he had put the gin in the suitcase, but had Mm. not zipped it up. Oh, and so the bottles at my underwear, everything went flying into the highway onto the road. And of all the bottles, only one broke. And I mean, shattered in a bajillion pieces. Oh, gosh. And it was mine. And was it the first no. batch or was it the refined? It was the first batch. So okay, not, not too know, bad, but we'll still. We'll never know what it tasted like. But anyway, so it wasn't any of his. And I still have my one bottle of H2. And poor Larry, he's probably my, still. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> you could completely just imagine that moment. It was slow mo, you know, where you could just see him flying out there, shattering glass everywhere. And I literally had to get down on my hands and knees and pick up the remains of the glass off the road so that oh. people wouldn't, you know, drive over it. So the next morning, when we come out to the car, there's a dead mouse in the exact spot where my gin bottle broke. <laughs> dead or inebriated? Well, it was very dead. It, it kind of had a little too much, it more did. than a mouse should have. <laughs> I'm guessing because what are the odds of a mouse huh. in that exact location? At least, you know, it was fit for a mouse or fit enough to, you know. Absolutely. So we can say, you know, we definitely had a gin incident. That is pretty much the definition of a gin incident right there. So that aside, it sounds like you had an amazing time though. Oh, we did. The whole weekend was absolutely fabulous. We went to seven wineries and four distilleries altogether. In what span of time? Five days. Oh, wow. You were busy. (laughs) We were very busy. Wow. Wow. Well, we went to two of our sponsors as well. We went to Still Fired Distillery. They're in Mm -hmm. Annapolis Royal. And so they're in the cookbook. So we went to meet them, meet Andrew and, you know, check out. We tried every single thing that they have for sale. Everything. He gave us a sample of everything. Mm. And the same with when we went to Raging Crow, we had a sample of all of their stuff too and hung out with them. So that was pretty fun. Sounds like it was an awesome time. And I'm assuming this is something you'll plan again in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Year? And actually it really kind of spurred me on because now I'm thinking I'd love to take other people on little gin tours, little mini gin vacations. You know, we'll start in the Maritimes or in Canada. And then once we can actually travel again, then, right. you know, we could go other places. Absolutely. We had, aside from when we went to Ireland, that was probably the most fun we've had, like as a trip. Wow. What a phenomenal time. And you got to walk away with your own gin. And now you have great stories and a full podcast episode all about it. Absolutely. And I still haven't named my gin. So I'm thinking oh, of you maybe, haven't. maybe making a contest or something. to. Oh, why don't we do this? Why don't we post in your show notes, mm-hmm. the ingredients? Well, I'm going to put right? this on. It's my secret recipe. Well, got to kind of let people kind of know what's in it. No, well, I'm going to, yes, but it's still... Everybody only puts a few. They, nobody ever says, 
I can tell you there's like nine <clears throat> in there and the, obviously there's juniper and, you know, cardamom and a few other things. And this citrus notes, it's heavier on the citrus, little peppery, you know, that kind of thing. But there I'm you never going to tell just, you the exact. Well, no, I don't want the, it's this much this and this much that. No, That's no, not what I meant. There's a secret ingredient in it. But I'm just to make. give people an idea, give the listeners an idea of what they could call it based on. So give those again. It was cardamom. Yeah. Well, juniper, obviously. Juniper. Juniper cardamom, citrus, Citrus. uh, heavier, a little bit heavier on the lime side and some peppercorns of various kinds, a few other little things, but yeah, there's nine altogether. It's like a traditional London dry, but a little heavier on the citrus and pepper. Let's put it that way. So you can't just call it Heather's gin. You have to call it something else. I could right now it's H2. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) You, know. you can't call it H2O because that no. name's taken. That's right. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm open to ideas for what to call it. And we may end up, if we're ever allowed to sell our own, probably we'll be selling our own recipes because the local distilleries will make it for us. So we don't even have nice. to have our own distillery. So very cool. So if somebody comes up with the name for your gin. Mm, I'll give them something. Sure. I can't give them actual gin, but. A surprise. You could, you could a give surprise. them a copy of the gin cookbook or something else from the gin shop. That is true. I could. Right. So cool. We'll see, we'll see cool. what people come up with. So help Heather take her gin from H2 <laughs> to something else. A little more exciting. Yes. And don't let Larry touch the name because he'll just break it. Yeah. He's not allowed to. Yeah. That is true. And there you have it. Everything you ever wanted to know about our adventure at the Steinhardt Institute and our weekend adventure last summer. So much more. Thank you so much, Carl, for being here today. And thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs, as well as a description of my gin H2 in case you want to help me name it. And until next time, remember, exercise makes you look good naked, but so does gin. Your choice. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, drop us a note. Heather at the ginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be ginned.